Welcome to Abuelas in Acción, a multicultural podcast for our common good. I am Dr. Rosemary Salai Alston here with my co-host, Marie Dahlstrom. We continue our series, Pláticas de la Vida, Talks About Life. Today, we will be discussing how our emotions affect us when we feel joy, when we feel pain. Last week, we spoke about trauma and loss. Our listeners on this podcast series are hearing topics that Marie and I are speaking about may often be interrelated with one another. When we are triggered, for example, by something in our life that was horrific in our mind and bodies, and what we do to react may be very different in different ways. What we all have in common with each other is all of us here are looking for ways to deal hope with suffering in our lives and communities. The devastation of loss and grief and what it does to you can make us physically, such as inflammation in our body, to emotionally sick, such as depression, anxiety, and the list may go on. If we allow this inner conflict to remain inside us, it will take over our souls and hearts in ways that may be even more self a renowned doctor named Gabor Mati, an author of Scattered Minds and the Myth of Normal, are just a few of his works, have ref- has references the term soul injuries, which described our emotions as a disconnection or interference with the sense of self. These barriers are reflected in our behaviors of unmourned loss or hurt, unforgiven guilt, or shame. Dr. Mati speaks and writes extensively on the wisdom of trauma and how this disconnection speaks to the emotional pain in being ourselves. Marie, any thoughts you may have reflected upon about the very intense topic? Yeah, Rosemary, what I, I very much have appreciated about our series is it has provided with me and I know with our listeners so much rich information um, that we think and we process about and talk about. We hope our listeners um, are talking about it um, with their families and friends. Trauma, loss, and grief are in so many ways taboo topics. In fact, we learn as very young children what is a topic that is allowable to talk about within our families and society and those topics that are not allowable. However, there is a price in not talking about issues like uh, our feelings, uh, trauma, loss, and grief. Mark Nepo, in his book, 7,000 Ways to Listen, says, We must listen with our hearts to our loss to see what it opens in us. Nobody, nobody wants to suffer. It's actually the human experience, however, to suffer. But if we, and if we learn how to sit with our suffering, look at it with compassion, something beautiful will emerge. Life is beautiful 
and also very painful. And that actually took me a long time to understand because as many of us, even though we experienced loss in our lives, so many of us did not learn how to acknowledge them and speak them and to feel that, that, that pain. The poet Naomi Shahab Nye said, before you know kindness, as the deepest thing inside, you must know sorrow as the other deepest thing. Oh, that is absolutely a beautiful statement. And so that leads us into our dichos. And these dichos are stories and are central to Platicas de la Vida. Today we are incorporating the dicho, a veces hay que pasar por caminos difíciles Para llegar a destinos barbarosos. At times, we need to pass through roads difficult in order to arrive at marvelous destinations. Any thoughts, Marie? So, um, we're, we're talking about feelings. We're talking about pain. We're talking about joy, of course. Um, and, uh, you know, as I mentioned, you know, many of us... Uh, didn't learn how to share our feelings as children. And as immigrant and working families, we learned how to survive. We learned how to work hard. And our families endured hardships, including racism, discrimination, loss of culture, and extended family. Our families believed in the American dream. They worked hard. But so much of the time, we, um, as children, we had an innate sense that even though our families were all doing the right thing, working hard to survive, children have an innate sense that something is lurking below our families. Families, children have the ability to know they may not be able to acknowledge feelings, but know that something is there, something deeper, like pain and sorrow. So today we're, we're going to be talking, Rosemary will be sharing uh, uh, a story and we'll be talking about this issue. And we will end in talking about ways that we can learn to acknowledge and identify our feelings because it's so important for our health and the health of our families. You know, when we dig a little deeper at the root of what causes our pain, we find a wound that has been getting bigger as time passes by, very much relatable to what you just shared, Marie. As we stay in this place called nowhere land, life passes quickly and we may remain down a very scary, dark, and lonely crossroad in our lives. We begin looking for ways to stop that pain and the feelings that it creates inside us, only to find out that we need more and more to remain in a state of numbness. As a result, we may become attached to things or relationships that hurt us. In our desire to become more freer from our thoughts and not dealing with what hurts us inside, we choose to focus on what is faster and quicker to stop that pain and not feel. 
Some of those attachments can be what we refer to as addictions, which in the short run can do what we want them to do, numb the pain. Some individuals will use or increase this usage of alcohol or antidepressants or drugs. Grief does not disappear just because we're using this stuff. It goes underground temporarily and waits to be expressed. And there are no shortcuts to this. You must take control over your grief. Head on, lean into it. And what I mean by that is avoiding it only means that we're going to continue to not deal, not work through, not use our senses in helping us move through whatever that turmoil may be. It's more difficult to do this. I will, I grant you this. But while you're under the influence of any kind of drug, you will not get to that inner peace. Oftentimes, anger is at the root of this behavior. And it brings madness in our way of thinking and living. We say to ourselves repeatedly, how dare you get away with hurting me? You just wait. I will get back at you. Anger can also destroy our creativity, our ability to look at what we need to do. When we are too busy fulfilling our appetites rather than our souls, this becomes an easy way out. We use consumption as a form of distraction in the pursuit of more you have, the more we want to get the same altering of our mood to stop this pain. Some of those destructive ways can be numbing and toxic to our mind, body, and spirit. The usage of these things, such as alcohol and drugs, can cause and continue to create chronic illnesses, can result in a negative mindset, shutting us down, and fixation of being a victim that takes center stage. I want to share with you a story. It is a true story. Um, of a woman named Sonia and a, a man named Tony. They had been married for 25 years and have four children and now are in their late 50s. Sonia describes her husband as a hard worker who provides for his family, works several jobs to pay the bills, while she works a swing shift job as a nurse's aide. She shares, I married this man knowing he had a drinking problem and is very cruel and abusive when he's under the influence. I have taken years of physical and emotional abuse from him. And unfortunately, our children have seen this behavior throughout the years. I try not to argue with him and do what he tells me to do so that we don't argue. But when this anger reaches the point of no return, my children and I get out of the house until we know he's asleep. We love this man but he also has two personalities. And when he's under the influence, especially on the weekends, the children beg him not to drink. He does not believe that he has a problem. The entire family has taken a hit emotionally and the cost for everyone is the relationship has been enormous. I know I have placed myself and children in harm's way, but was committed to remaining a family. Tony is a walking wounded soul on many fronts. Childhood hurts, friendship hurts, family hurts, and no way to find inner peace. 
So the best I could do was to see that my children go further with their education and work through their pain by understanding that we all have crosses to carry. And yet their dad and I were there for them. Sonia shares, I know that this man may have been the may have not been the best environment for my children, but they have shared that despite the awful memories, there were many good times and they knew their dad. Rosemary, you know, um, I wanted to mention that in addition to um, substance abuse, uh, alcohol, and other addiction issues, um, that it's important to look at other ways in which we uh, distract from our feelings and um, being with ourselves and our our pain and um, being um, involved in um, work, working a lot um, is a lot of ways, uh, you know, for a lot of people, a way to distract from their lives. Um, being involved in all sorts of uh, activities out in the community and being on phones on social media um, are uh, is another example of a way in which it's a distraction and it's a way to not be present with ourselves and with our family. And the other thing I, I wanted to mention is what we're talking about is a major reason why we see so much anger and violence in our communities. Just look at the way people drive uh, nowadays and the, the amount of impatience. People are always in a hurry. And there's a cost to that, right, Rosemary? There is a cost to it, a severe cost. Um, you know, throughout our, I know you think this as well, Marie, you know, as clinicians and working with people, I have always struggled um, with calling people labels. And um, I and we handed out like candy. Oh, that's ADHD child. Um, or we go on Google. We, we look at how we can identify our own um, labels in terms of our own behavior. And I think we need to be very, very careful. Um, when we've called somebody, for example, an alcoholic, I think to myself, how helpful is that? What can we do differently? Yeah, there is a, there's turmoil. And yes, there's care plans. And yes, we have to do it for health insurance purposes um, when we give those labels out. But those labels can follow an individual for the rest of their life. As you saw in the story or heard in the story, um, Sonia wasn't willing to walk down that road like that. She knew she had married a wounded man. And like many families, we hear we did the best we could under what we had. And that is Sonia and Tony. I do not believe um, that calling people names and diagnosing them when we don't have um, the professional background to do that, that we should be doing this. And so I struggle oftentimes in the education profession, hearing teachers diagnose kids without a diagnosis being done by a professional. So I just want to put that cautionary note out. 
I also want to share that um, I have had a family that has struggled with um, drug usage, and so has my husband. This devastation can be horrific. Horrific. So it's down the hereditary line um, in terms of both our families. And it can be frightening. And I have found that love sometimes isn't enough to help get through those dark pathways of seeing a loved one with a soul that is injured for whatever those reasons are. So, um, Rosemary, thank you for sharing that. And, you know, it's through sharing our personal experiences that we can remove the shame for ourselves and that feeling of isolation that it's only our family that's going through this because Rosemary and I can both tell you that all families have some challenge. It's the, it's the experience of being human. And being human is both beautiful and joyous, but there's also pain and suffering as well. And in our um, series, we don't want our listeners to hear only the pain and suffering um, because it's life is broader than that. It's so beautiful and yet complex. But the reason why we are talking about these issues is we want to name them. And we believe through the pandemic and through all of the issues taking place in our country and global world, including gun violence and now climate change and its devastation, is so much of the time we don't know what to do with our feelings of helplessness, our feelings of despair. And um, so a beginning place, and this is where what is so different in, in this point of history than in years back. We have science that tells us that we can change how we choose to respond to our lives. We cannot change what's taking place in the world. We cannot change the many events of our lives and those of our, our loved ones, but we can change how we respond. Dr. Mark Brackett, in his book, Permission to Feel, I love this title. He says, we need to be, learn to become an emotion investigators, emotion investigators. We, number one, have to learn to recognize an emotion that we're feeling. Most of us were not taught how to feel as we talked, uh, we talked about earlier. And we rarely stop to ask ourselves that question. So the first step really is to recognize what is, what is our feeling. And we do it by acknowledging that we are all feeling beings and we are constantly experiencing emotions, happiness, sadness, anger, fear, shame, embarrassment. So when we learn to recognize them, then we can begin to recognize feelings in others. And that's where we strengthen our capacity for empathy, feeling, we cannot know exactly how people are feeling, but we can 
attempt to put ourselves in their shoes, in the shoes of our loved ones, in the shoes of our neighbors, in the shoes of people we we run across in our daily life to understand, try to understand their perspective. And then the next uh, step is to understand what that emotion is coming from. What is fueling the emotion? What may be causing my feeling? What happened? Well, somebody cut me off as I was driving on the freeway. Um, And so um, learning to acknowledge that feeling and then labeling it. Okay. Anger. Somebody cut me off on the freeway. And then learning to express it and then learning to regulate it. So regulating emotion my anger and frustration if somebody cuts me off out when I'm driving on the freeway means that I don't then start to do something to get back at that person. It's, it's regulating it. It helps us keep our balance and keeps us being swept away by that strong feeling of anger and frustration. It keeps us grounded. And I would add that a good way to begin to become more familiar with the wide spectrum of our feelings is to write about them, to journal, write them down, express them. And um, that way we begin to do what we call mindful self-compassion and mindful self-compassion, paying attention being present in our emotions can then lead us to enhanced empathy and compassion for others. Rosemary? You know, there's a lot that has been written about resilience and being able to bounce back. Um, but when, when, when we're not ready to get over it, so to speak, it, it really is up to us in terms of what we need to do more as a community rather than an individual. And Dr. Matei shared a wonderful story about um, a native community that saw the distress of one of their own and um, explained this through um, different behaviors that they were witnessing in one of their own uh, community members. And he shared that instead of saying, what's wrong with you, that as a community, we need to stand and say, what can we do as a community to help you? To have that connection, have that compassion, and to provide safety to that individual. So Maria and I have spoken a lot about, you know, so we may not have the family that we would so desire, Um, but we do have people around us that are like our families or community members that remind us of a great grandparent or a a tia, an an aunt, a tia, um, that are like our own, that can be a source of comfort and a source of safety. And I think we really need to embrace what Um, traditional communities are doing to help rather than the candy store of 
of medication sometimes. And I'm not saying that medications aren't helpful. I just think that we need to begin looking at what we're doing to self-medicate. I love that. What can we do for you? And um, that isn't um, the norm at this point in our um, in our country and our global world. Um, in the past, communities uh, joined together and um, looked out for one another. And now we've become individualized and we've seen the, the, the breaks in our society and the fractures by the, the gun violence and by the enhanced um, um, mental health um, and behavioral health concerns, uh, illnesses that are taking place. So um, those are, are valuable words. Um, what can we do for others? I recommend, um, highly recommend to our listeners, go to Hoffman, H-O-F-F-M-A-N, institute.org to access their feelings list. You heard right. They have a great comprehensive list of feelings. Uh, I made a copy of it and I have it on my desk um, because I, like so many of us, get wrapped up in the busyness of, of life, the commitments. And, you know, breathing, taking time to be aware of our breaths and taking time to be aware of our feelings uh, is important for our emotional well-being. And then it gives you the tools to be able to respond to situations versus react. Thank you all for joining us today. Please join us again next time as Dr. Rosemary and I continue uh, Pláticas de la Vida. We are really enjoying this conversation about our emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. Gracias. Gracias.